Welcome back to Yokogawa Debunks, conversations with industry experts to demystify misconceptions we hear in process instrumentation and industrial automation. I'm your host, Sean Carhill, and thank you very much for joining us today. So today, we're very pleased to welcome back Gavin French, who's Product Manager for Distributed Temperature Sensing at Yokogawa, Australia and New Zealand. Now, previously, uh, Gavin has given us great insights into the DTSX, and today I think we're going to discuss a, a little bit further on some of the applications. So welcome again, once again, Gavin. Thank you very much again for having me, Sean. Much appreciated. Now, Gavin, we, we went into the depths before of the of the technology, and, and, and now I'm, I'm, it's stimulated a lot of interest in me as to the types of applications. And what I want to start by doing is, uh, is, is putting my end user hat on. So I'm an end user who's contemplating using DTSX for the next project. And there's a few applications here that I'm thinking it could possibly be suitable for. Apart from some of the experience and pedigree that you alluded to previously, I mean, why should I buy DTSX from you and from Yokogawa rather than units available elsewhere in the market? Yeah, very good question, Sean. And um, it, it's quite it's quite simple, and uh, and I think I've mentioned it in previous podcasts. Is is when you're looking when the customers have a, have a need for for long distribution sensing. Um, we, what we are trying to do, as well as co innovate with the clients, we also are there to mitigate risk because of the size of the investment that they need to make. So from that end, that's uh, it's a it's not just a turnkey for the project. It's it's a life cycle agreement. We are there with the customer the entire time that they have the machine installed and protecting their assets. So from yourself being the owner of a plant, what's what we find is most important to to the customer is mitigation of risk, and also to provide value and ongoing support. That's what we offer the market as Yokogawa Australia. Look, and those are those are critical aspects. I mean, many people who have highly specialised equipment do actually suffer from from that lack of support. So you certainly get a feeling here that that's not the case with DTSX. Now, when you talk about support for um, for these devices, you, you you mentioned previous podcasts about Yokogawa and, and a channel partner in fire detection. Um, in what other ways do we maintain the products here locally? Oh, yeah, for sure. So in Yokogawa, Australia, we have approximately 250 staff. And within that 250 staff, we have our deliverables department. And what that is, is uh, as part of that team is, is a collection of highly skilled engineers. And these highly skilled engineers are there as a, a resource for our customers. They are there for in the initial setup of the of the DTSX units. They're there for the calibration. They're there to make sure that that the information that's taken from the machine is is inputted into there. Whether the customer has a historian or other forms of of data collection and manipulation of that data for the for the purpose of running their plan effectively. Alternatively, it's there to also offer the protection for for the customer. Uh, and give insights into uh, in, into any potential hazards before they happen. So I guess um, you know, is there a support contract available once the um, investment and in installation of a DTSX has, has occurred? Yeah, absolutely, Sean. So what we uh, what we have available, and once again, it's in in not just Australia but New Zealand and around the world, is 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 a life uh, life cycle agreement where 
We will maintain the machine on the customer's behalf. We will ensure that ETSX is running in peak performance. And to give the customer that the peace of mind to know that, that whilst they cannot see the machine, it's sitting there in the background uh, doing its doing its work tirelessly, you know, day in, day out, every hour, every minute of every day. And we can we can give them the satisfaction of, of knowing that it's it's running in peak performance by by having our qualified engineers on site um, when required to conduct those um, you know any required ongoing maintenance or testing. I love sort of builds on that reliability support and um, availability that Yokogawa are famous for. Uh, look, you know, now moving on to some applications. Now, is it true or false that you could actually use DTSX to detect leaks in pipelines? And, you know, over long distances, potentially. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, absolutely you can. And it's suitable in both. We've touched on previous uh, podcasts about single-mode and multi-mode utilisation. So both types of um, types of fibre networks can be utilised in, in leak detection. And, and absolutely, over long distances, 30 kilometres is not an unusual length for us to, to be monitoring a pipeline. And even down to the smallest leaks, by having that, being able to see that change in temperature caused by a, uh, even a pinhole leak is something that we can detect and report on. So, absolutely. Look, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned pinhole leaks. You know, is, is, is that something that can be picked up by DTSX fairly accurately and quickly? Yes, absolutely. And um, we've, uh, we have been working tirelessly with uh, one of our largest customers to, to come up with a design that allows for exactly that to see within the weakest point of, uh, of a pipeline, it is traditionally as a weld. And we are monitoring, actually, in essence, we are monitoring the welds to be able to direct any leak that they have onto the sensing cable. For that reason, our customers now feel that, that Yokogawa have, have provided a world-class solution and we, we're helping them to maintain their pipeline now and into the next 30, 40 years. I mean, one of the things with um, pipeline leak detection is um, to, to prevent it getting really bad, you, it needs to be detected quickly. I mean, can, can it be detected fairly quickly using DTSX? Yeah, well, if you look at the traditional ways of that, that they, um, you know, if it's not a differential pressure, and that doesn't always work on undulating pipelines, but um, if, if differential pressure is not used, then they, the manual inspection method is is very much an unreliable and and often can often be missed or or by the time it is found the the pinhole leak has become a rupture so the idea with the DTSX is that we are able to take away the risk associated with uh, a a once a day or once an hour or once a week inspection of pipelines we we will automate the inspection i guess is is what we're looking at there via having sensing cables there attached just below the pipeline if it's a liquid or just above the pipeline if it's a gas and we can pick up that leak within a few seconds no problems at all sean so you look at it could potentially be a better alternative to mass flows in inlets and outlets of pipelines yeah absolutely like i mentioned earlier particularly with some of our customers have um, have a, a very much undulating pipelines, and they they do actually have issues with inaccuracy in that with that measurement and uh, the reliability that they get, the knowledge that they get, the insight that they get from having a DTSX goes way beyond anything they've ever had before. 
That's great. Look, I mean, there's there's another misconception that we uh, we, we picked out after our um, last session, which uh, relates to uh, to weather in Australia, and you know the fact that a lot of these pipelines actually run in the middle of deserts where temperature can be nearing fifty degrees in the, in the hottest months, and you know we're talking about fiber optic here, which is quite resistant to ambient temperature. But is there any truth to the myth that fiber longevity and measurement might be hindered by such extreme weather? Good question. If you're talking in terms of the cable, um, definitely not. We're lucky that um, that we we have uh, partnered ourselves with a high quality cable company and companies that um, that we insist that the the types of fibre that we use, which is which is called OM3 or optical multimode three or better, means that the uh, quality of the signals that we receive and that we send will be the best and we know that the accuracy and the repeatability from that will be will be perfect so we do ensure that the the cable meets the application specs perfectly or actually in all times exceeds the expectation of the installation so we look at the high temperatures the low temperatures the exposure to chemicals uh, the environment as well if there's mechanical protection required so we do take that into account. And further to that is when you talk about the extreme temperatures and, and how that affects the machine, we do have the ability within the DTSX to take into account things like the changes in the weather, the seasons. All these exposures um, all have effect on the on the temperature being measured. But within the DTSX is is the ability to see beyond the environmental conditions and to look for that what we call a spot change or an exception change and that exception change is what we identify as as a a potential leak or rupture oh look that certainly gives people peace of mind that um in harsh environments that they, they don't have to be concerned about the technology employed because of the risks by extreme weather now there's another misunderstanding here that in the event of a leak the fibre will detect it, but if the fluid being monitored has acids or other harsh chemicals in it, uh, could that damage the cable and as such would it be necessarily to replace it or could it be repaired? Yeah, very, very good question and, and that often that um, these are conversations earlier on in the piece when we are uh, discussing the, the environmental circumstances and, and possible scenarios with our clients. So in terms of exposure is concerned there's a lot of variation i suppose in terms of of chemical exposure and and environmental conditions even things like animals you know the, you can use a um uh, like a, a polyurethane sheath to protect from animal bites you can use um, a pvc sheath to protect from sulfuric acids so as part of the 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 co-innovation with their with their clients is also the correct application of the the sheath of the cable and even like I mentioned earlier down to the quality of the fiber and and even down down beyond that as as far as the the gel the hydroscopic gel that we use with around the fiber optic cable around the fiber bundles themselves to actually protect the fiber from exposure to hydrogen atoms or or you know just even water in general that that can degradate a, a fiber optic cable we are there to let our customers know that the pre-engineering and application side of of any cable that we use has has been done and taken into account 
And just on the side, when it comes to the repair of the cable, Sean, and, and that's, a, that's an important thing to note as well. Um, there's two things that we do. One is that we provide, a, as part of any installation, we have a calibration loop that lives along any pipeline or any, any installation. That allows for us, if there is a, is a major catastrophe where we have to replace long lengths of cable, that that's done seamlessly and, and in the customer's eyes the potential downtime is is mitigated to to virtually nil and and if it's just a small break caused by you know any environmental or or, or an accident or something that's happened um, the cables can be repaired locally the the fibers are a standard fiber size we use um basically is is 5125 micron uh, fiber optic cable which is just fusion spliced and um, you know in any sort of major town or city in Australia there are companies there communication companies that have uh, fusion splices in in stock ready to go to site and effect a repair so and more often than not our clients have um, have access within two hours to get these cables repaired so uh, and as well as that one thing I forgot to mention is that when we supply a fiber cable for our customers we always have 50 percent in what we call redundant fibers. So even if one breaks or two break, more often than not, we supply a four fiber bundle. So we have two spare fibers sitting there ready to, to power up the installation. And that's a, that can effectively be done in seconds. Look, certainly, um, reinforces that resilience aspect of the, uh, of the solution. And, and, and also as many of these applications may be put in fairly remote areas, knowing that there's quick and easy support mechanisms to, to be able to recover from any difficult situations is, is even more beneficial. Now, just I just want to focus on the cables for a little bit longer. And um, you indicated earlier that the, the fiber optic cables are actually Yokogawa branded, and it's your recommendation to use such a cable. But as an end customer, could I use a non-Yokogawa cable? Now, absolutely, absolutely. So, so part of the reason that we we do supply our own Yokogawa sensing cable is to maintain peak performance. And it's whilst whilst its customers are quite okay to use their own fiber network. Um, if, if we can concentrate just for a minute on Yokogawa cable, and uh, then what we're looking at there is a known grade of fiber so i mentioned earlier the om3 spec fiber which is quite a high level and we do that to ensure peak performance for our customers in saying that if if they have an existing network whether it's single mode or multi-mode really doesn't matter we can turn any cable into a sensing cable by by simply attaching a, a connector to go into the dtsx and and away we go and more often than not that's Sometimes that's what the customers are looking for. You know, we have an existing network. Can we use it? Absolutely, you can. No problems at all. Great news. Now, look, I'm going to throw one at you here. So since we, uh, um, we, we spoke last time, we had a question which came in as to whether it would be suitable for um, measuring temperature on high-voltage cables. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's and it's a, it's a market that we've been servicing for a long time. There are a lot of customers that have high voltage cables, whether it's uh, uh, port handling cranes or even you know underground mains networks. A lot of the a lot of the um, power distribution companies 
in Australia now use integrated fibre in their HV cables, and primarily in in 33kV and above, which which are typically balanced loads. So that when we're looking at the temperature in those cables, it's just once again, it's just a simple matter of of uh, taking one of the spare fibres in the bundle that they have, and and we only need one fibre. We terminate that with a connector and it gets plugged straight into the DTSX. And then what that gives any customer that has integrated integrated fibre in their HV cables, they know straight away exactly what's happening as far as the load is concerned. They, if, if it's underground mains, they can do load shedding. They can move power from one transformer to another. You can move it from industrial estate to residential and different times of the day, such as in the morning and the afternoon. What it does is it gives an incredible amount of insight into the performance of uh, of their power networks, and it's uh, it's a fantastic thing, and and one that a lot of our customers see fantastic value in. Oh, look, certainly, just just picking up on the fact that you can use um, spare fibers that's that's going to save a, a, a quite a chunk of money on installation costs. You know, when uh, when you put DTSX in there, that's uh, that's that's really impressive to hear. Now. Just want to flick back to early conversation where we were talking about measurement ranges and and how the cable is rated from somewhere down to minus forty degrees to plus eighty five degrees. Does that mean that um, users can't select DTSX for an application like a let's say a hot reactor in a plant that goes beyond that plus eighty five degree range? Uh, and, and you know if they did, what would happen to the actual sensing unit? So basically, the machine itself is, uh, and we mentioned it in previous podcasts, is that it's a, it's it is a, a a collector of information. So it will see the the temperature that the cable is is um, as it sends out the pulse. What it sees is that actual temperature. So basically, what we need to do is we need to address the type of cable, and we need to make sure that the type of cable matches the installation. So we, we touched on the chemical side before. What we're looking at here is a higher temperature cabled with it's going to need increased mechanical protection plus some protective coatings over the fibre to ensure that it is able to go beyond the standard 85 degrees C. So in terms of a reactor, absolutely. We have a lot of experience in this area where we've, we can actually map reactors and look for cold and hot spots and and give the customers insight into the performance of those reactors. And once again, the only thing that will change, Sean, is the uh, is the type of cable used. So if it goes two or three hundred degrees C, yeah, you know, it's just a different cable, basically. I look at and the range of requests keep uh, coming in from last time as well. You know, I've I've had a request about sewer monitoring, um, whether that's something that's possible with DTSX. Yes, actually, uh, it's funny that you say that. It was. Uh, the first DTSX sold in Australia and New Zealand was um, it was actually in New Zealand where they're using the fibre cable within the uh, wastewater lines to look for ingress of stormwater and also groundwater. So with that, we we can monitor and basically as wastewater is at a at a specific temperature. And yeah, we were able to to give the uh, our customers an, an, a very good insight into exact location of any ingress and and the time of day that it happens. So it's um yeah, absolutely, it's been done before, and 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 area councils and water boards around Australia are looking at that technology as as well. 
Yeah, look, it, it certainly seems like it's uh, an unending um, range of, uh, of applications for, for DTSX now. Now, given we're, we're running out of time again here, it's been a very insightful conversation again and has, has really sort of built upon the previous discussion. Just before we close out, I just wonder if there's anything else that you might want to share with our audience today. I think the, the only one and uh, that I really would uh, like to drive home is is that uh, in dealing with Yokogawa, we're, we're there to support our customers and have for over 32 years here in Australia. And, you know, I think it's 105 years now, um, you know, since the inception of Yokogawa. So our commitment is is that we have uh, demonstration units that we can put in situ for our customers to allow our customers to experience the machine, see what it can do before they make the purchase, decide to purchase. And it is a very, very good way of uh, of showing the, the, the value and also giving the customers a bit more of an insight into the capabilities of Yokogawa. That's our commitment to the to the industry. And these demo, uh, this demo equipment is available to test on any of these applications, I guess, just in case of contacting you. Yeah, absolutely. Any of the states, um, there's uh, any of the, our offices around Australia and New Zealand. And don't worry if it's single mode or multi-mode installations, we, we have both machines that are available at, uh, for the customers to use. And, and we will also, we will also are quite happy to leave the machine with them for a month or two to help them make their decision a, an easy one. Great news. Couldn't ask for more. Well, Gavin, thank you very much once again for your time um, delving in deep to the DTSX myths. Thank you very much, Sean. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. And thank you all for listening. And if you'd like any further information on DTSX, please drop us a line on debunks at yokogawa.com. Until next time, farewell. <laughs>